Today's episode is brought to you by Batch Driven. Receive 50 skip traces for free. Go to batchdriven.com forward slash Dave or use code Dave when signing up. For using this special offer, you will receive a seven-day free trial to check out Batch Driven for yourself. And you will receive 50 skip traces included for free. Batch Driven is the best app on the market when it comes to driving for dollars. You can skip trace, send mail, plot your drives, and even send SMS messages directly to motivated sellers right from the app or website, whichever you prefer. Head on over to batchdriven.com forward slash Dave or use code Dave at checkout to receive 50 free skip traces plus a seven-day free trial. Welcome back to the Discount Property Investor Podcast. Our mission is to share what we have learned from our experience and the experience of others to help you make more money investing like a pro. We want to teach you how to create wealth by investing in real estate the discount property investor way. To jumpstart your real estate investing career, visit freewholesalecourse.com, the most complete free course on wholesaling real estate ever. Thanks for tuning in. Welcome back, everybody. Today, we are talking about the three pillars again, Dave. Yes. So we're diving into the second pillar, okay? So quick recap, three pillars of wholesaling, right? Mm -hmm. The first one is marketing. You have to be marketing for new leads, new motivated sellers all the time. The second one, you've got to be making offers to those people. And the third pillar, you have to follow up on those offers, follow up on those leads. Yes. Otherwise, you're just spending money and you're not you you're not making anything of it again because what is what's that quote you love this one uh talking about sales it it is the uh like there, there's like one percent of sales or something astronomically low percent of sales are made on the first contact oh yeah then it's like 10 to 15 percent are made on the second through the sixth contact mm -hmm. and then it's like 90 percent of sales are made on the seventh to the 12th. Plus, yeah, exactly. Seven to the 12th. So, I mean, you're more. talking about almost all of your freaking sales are made in that follow-up. So seven to nine touches, or seven to 12 touches. Right. So, don't throw your money away. Today, we're going to focus on the second pillar, though, which is making offers. Mm -hmm. Right? So, Dave, what's your opinion on making offers? Should you, uh, should you make offers over the phone on your initial conversation? Yes. Should you send written offers? Yes. Should you email offers? Yes. Should you text offers? Yes. All right. It sounds like we should make offers. Make offers. So there's no there's no right or wrong answer to making offers unless you're not making them. Then you're not doing this right. Okay. Real estate investing, wholesaling, rehabbing, landlording, all of these things are after you make an offer on a property. So it doesn't matter what kind of investor you want to be or you aspire to be or what you are currently are. Mm -hmm. You can be better by making more offers because if you make offers, it gives you the opportunity to control the property 
and then you can make up your mind and have choices on what you want to do with that property. So when it comes to making offers, Mike, you had mentioned verbally, of course, always be throwing out verbal numbers, always be throwing out verbal spreads is what I suggest, because then it will give you wiggle room to come down but they're going to see the high end of that spread. Yeah, this is important. So let's get in let's get a little granular on this. Okay. okay? So when we're wholesaling, we're marketing for motivated sellers, then we get some leads coming in and we're talking to people, right? Mm-hmm. So this is the beginning of that process. And that's when Dave, I think you like to use a spread um, kind of kind of almost it, when people won't give you an offer right away, Love when, the when they don't ask, they don't have an asking price. Oh, I don't know, what can you give me for it? Right. Well, then it's it's really the balls in your court. Yeah, cuz you don't want to offer 100 if they're willing to take 40. Yeah. Right. So and and sometimes we used to like to say, oh, I'll give you a dollar for it if you'll take a dollar. You yeah. know, what I mean, <laughs> still so do sometimes. Yeah. I mean, so that's a fun way to play off that. But the the idea is to be knowledgeable, present that to them and let them know, hey, if this is a a property, you're pulled up, you're looking at your computer, you see it's, uh, you know, this estimate is 100,000 or you're going into PropStream, one of the tools we love to use. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can throw a link in there to them. Yeah. Uh, it gives you a value of the house. Well, we basically can kind of look at that. And just just off the top of your head, cut it in half and then play with the numbers up and down. So if it's $100,000 is what they're saying that the property's worth, we would just say, ah, we could probably do fifty to 60000 Would that number work for you? Are we in the right ballpark? I mean, so that's, that's the range approach, yeah, right? Yeah, absolutely. You could, you, could, you could go even with a bigger range and say, I could pay you forty to seventy. But I got to see this place. And I'm only going to pay you seventy grand if it has... Just been fully rehabbed. I'm not going to say that, but that's the point. Well, but and you, it's and rare that I'm going to be able to do that, but it's possible. And we are transparent, though. Well, you do. I do say that. I right. just, I'll say if I don't have to do anything to this property, I can pay you that upper rent. Yes, I yes, mean that's yes. where you get. That's where you say like if this property is perfect, moving ready, we can do that. The problem is it's never that way. It's never happened ever. And everyone's <laughs> standards for their rentals and their rehabs, they're just different. Mm. So you're always going to go in and paint. Like if there was a tenant, oh, tenant just moved out, but it doesn't need anything. Well, it's probably going to need flooring and paint because most of the landlords out there are still using carpet. You know, people are starting to need. It's going to need some flooring. It's going to need paint. It's going to need blinds. It's going to need cleaning. And it's going to need a new occupancy inspection, which is going to flag. Windows that stick. It's going to flag two things that aren't even a problem that you're going to have to fix. So turning over a property, you can you know it's it's not it's never free two hundred dollars right. or free no it, it's always eight hundred to two grand to turn a property over always and then and that's when we're using the same paint colors in all of our units mm-hmm. so we just go in and touch up for the most part we don't have to repaint so getting off track though it's it's using that offer range to start right so that is obviously not a real firm or a real solid offer. But you're making an offer. You're engaging with that person. You're not abstract anymore. You're actually saying, "Well, yeah, I could pay you real dollars. I could, like, I'm here to buy this house. I'll give you, I don't know, somewhere between forty and seventy thousand dollars." And that that is that's real. You're saying, "I will do that," as opposed to, "Oh, I don't know what I could pay for it." I'd have, you know, I mean, again, it just makes it more real for the person. So I think that's a great way to start. So then the next step, uh, you're probably if that offer is is in the ballpark for them, you're probably going to go out and look at the property, right, Dave? Yes. Okay. So what happens next? What's the next step? You look at the property, the sooner you're able to kind of determine repairs. We are going to do what? Well, one, we're going to bring a contract with us so that we can make an offer there on the spot. Yes. So that's a written offer. We're going to hand it to them. We hope we get it signed that day. doesn't happen like we just talked about. 
you get maybe one percent. I mean, five percent tops. Of five your, to ten percent. If again, you're really we pre-qualify, good, yeah, we get a little bit higher. Right. But you're not necessarily going to make all those on all those uh, sales on day one. No, not at all. You don't okay. expect to. So you bring a contract. So we put a written contract in front of them. Mm-hmm. If we don't bring a written contract, what do we do? Because again, we get a hot lead. Uh, one of our assistants calls us. Hey, can you go check out this house? We're going to try to get their email. Because yes. we want to what? We want to send, send them, them an offer. A written offer. 100%. That way there's something in writing uh, that they have. They can sign it and send it back. It also creates a way for us to follow up with them if they're not answering calls or responding to text messages. We have an email. Now we can resend the offer or we can just respond or follow up on the email that was already sent and just say, hey, did you get a chance to look at the offer I sent you? And if you had, And if so... What are your thoughts? Mm-hmm. Keep it simple. So, and th- there's another approach to it too, which is more in line with the um, the virtual wholesaling, right? I said, oh, we're going to go out and look at the property first. Mm-hmm. Well, if it's more in line with the virtual wholesaling, you're going to ask the seller a lot more details. You're going to say, well, what? How long ago was it painted? How long ago was the kitchen updated? And you're going to try to virtually figure out the repair costs or mm-hmm. have them calculate the repair costs for you. Then you send the contract. You get that email, and you send them a contract. So you get it under under contract before you're able to actually physically inspect it. Then you send in your inspectors or partners or buyers or whatever you want to call them. All of the above. And then you can't if, – if the repairs do not match what the seller told you, you're going to have to – Amend the, the contract. But now you have a reason to, 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 to lower the price, in the, and it's very rare that you'd ever go up. Right, because they're going to tell you what's wrong. You're going to know, so you're never going to do that. But if you get there and it has all the things that they mentioned, plus it needs roof, windows, and plumbing, that's fifteen thousand extra dollars. Mm-hmm. That's not there. You, then you can essentially say, okay, hey, we can still do the deal, but I got to take this fifteen grand worth of work off that you neglected to tell me about. Yeah, you, you forgot about. It. No right. big deal. It happens. You know, no big deal. Yeah. But you, either way, you have to have control of the property to be able to do a wholesale deal. Mm-hmm. So offers are really where it's at. So, and what I like to say, and I know you, you, we both kind of feel this way now, is that the contract is the beginning of our conversation about the purchase mm. of the house. So, don't be afraid to send offers. Uh, don't be afraid to make offers. Don't be afraid to get offers in writing. I think what we just discussed was a perfect example of getting a property under contract, then doing your due diligence and discovering whether or not you're able to buy it. Mm. So as, I mean, a real estate investor, that's what we do on every property, every time. I mean, that's what homeowners do every time. That's what everyone does. There's always an inspection period. Yeah. So, uh, Dave, you know, we kind of skipped over this, um, the cash offer contract thing. You want to talk about that? Yeah, cashoffercontract.com. Yeah. So this is a way to send an offer in writing to a seller. Um, Mike and I have been sending offers from our cell phones for five years now. And a lot of people always rely on you know going and getting a contract somewhere and then printing it out, which we recommend you do, and put it in your trunk, 100 copies of it. So you have, a one in, you have one in writing always with you, right? But you can actually send offers to your sellers um, at cashoffercontract.com. So what it does is it's a, just, it's a very basic website, uh, and it's a web form. And you fill out the seller's information. You fill out the price and the address. You put your information on there, including your name, phone, company, and email. And then what this, what this does, you go ahead and click – 
submit at the bottom. And the whole process probably takes about maybe two to three minutes to fill out the form. You got to put in the right information to fill out contracts. You got to be a little diligent on what you're doing when you're filling the form out. But it takes about three minutes. It's very short and sweet. And what it's going to do is it's going to generate a contract in the back, on the the back end. And then it's going to send that contract to the seller from your email. And you get CC'd on that email. So you're going to get an email and the seller is going to get an email. You both get an email. And it's going to have the contract terms um, on it filled out. So it's going to generate it and send it. Cashoffercontract.com. This is cool, guys. Go check this Neither out. Neither one of us is being as excited as we should be about this to, to share with you guys. So this is something Dave mentioned. We've been doing this for years. Mm. And, again, technology caught up. It's super easy for us to share with you guys now. So check it out. I mean, again, this is something you can fill out a contract in about two or three minutes. And send it. And send it to the seller. To the seller. This is live. This is not a beta. This is not a test. You literally can fill out a contract, send it in about two minutes. Yeah. So I mean, there's no reason. how 80% of our deals get closed, Mike, is, is, is by sending contracts to the seller via cash offer contract. So essentially, we are um, using this tool in our own business. Yeah. 80% of every the Every day. Yeah, every day. Awesome. So this is the cool, the cool thing about this, though, Mike, is you can use this from your cell phone. You don't need a computer. I mean, it's essentially just cashoffercontract.com, and you pull it up. You fill in the information. If you are at an appointment and you are with a seller, this is the best time to say, let me send you an offer because you're going to say, hey, what's your email? What's the, what's the name of the house titled in? Is it your name? Is it an entity? And you put that in there, right? What's your mailing address? And then, of course, you know what you're willing to pay them if there's any additional terms that you'd want to add in terms of like – getting, you know, a roof inspection or a sewer inspection or whatever mm-hmm. that might be. Um, and then you fill in your name and company and phone number and email. And that way, whenever it sends the email, it now has a place to put it in the signature coming from you at your company. And if they need to call you back, here's your number. So it not only does it generate the contract, but it creates an email that delivers the contract to them with all your information on it. It's very, 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 very helpful. You can do it from your cell phone. The whole process probably takes anywhere from three to five minutes to send an offer to hopefully be able to wholesale it to make twenty grand. Three to five minutes. What's uh, Dave? I mean, I don't know if you want to share this or not. We were just recently talking to a, a new student, and they were talking about their experience in real estate. They've been doing this for what'd you say, like two years, three years? Two. And well, he's been researching that's for two. What I mean, he hasn't done anything so he's been yet. Researching for two or three years. And there wasn't a contract. There was no offer made. He never sent a contract. Like, to me, that is, uh, it's, it's a light bulb moment, or hopefully it was, uh, with the conversation with him. you got to send the offers. There's no way you're going to make a dollar if you don't have a property under contract. Yeah. So, you know, it's going to be fun it. coaching with him because. It's going to be easy. We're going to hop on, we're going to hop yeah. on a cold caller or we're going to hop on a cold texter because that's what he wants to do, both of those. And we're going to just start talking to people, literally, just mm-hmm. get on the phone with them. And start making spread offers and just saying, hey, we could pay anywhere from 40 to 60% of what we think this is worth without even seeing the repairs just to get in the field, just to get some appointments. We're basically looking for those people that are motivated, and that's what we're seeking for. So making offers. This is the second pillar of wholesaling so real important. estate. It, you know, One could argue that this is the most important part, but each of these three pillars is equally important. You got to market to be able to make offers. You got to get on the phone and call out or spend money to, me- to, to put your message out 
So people call you. Essentially, though, at the end of the day, it's either you're calling them or they're calling you. That's it, right? So that's marketing. Making offers essentially says, hey, I want to buy your property. And the cool thing is, is we use contracts. We should talk about some of the co- things in the contract that limit your risk. Mm-hmm. Okay. But we use contracts to control properties, not necessarily try to buy them. We just say, hey, me and my partners want to buy this property. Let me get a contract that gives me a two, maybe three week inspection period. And we'll close a week or two after that. And during that inspection period, I go find that cash buyer, that partner. That's somebody that basically wants to pay me to just get out of the way. Right. So when we use a contract, we're using it to control the property. And it's a control to purchase, but it's not necessarily us that's going to be the one purchasing, yeah, and especially if we a, assign it. That gets exactly. That's going to get into your closing method if you're going to double close or assign the contract. Uh, quite simply, an assignment. Uh, once you get the property under contract with the seller, you're going to assign it to your end buyer. And you basically are stepping out of the contract and the buyer steps into the contract. It's an assignment of the contract. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. Whereas a double close, you physically close on the property. You actually are taking title. You become a part of the chain of title. So you are buying the property and selling the property on the same day. It's truly flipping the property, not just the paperwork. Right. So there is a very important uh, distinguishing factor there. But it's a detail. And you don't need to worry about it to get started. Which no, is not at really all. So... Yeah. Uh, what, do you, what else do you want to talk about on uh, on contracts? I don't want to dive too deep into the weeds. Just really want to emphasize the importance of making offers on this. Yeah, right? you I got mean, it. We can, we can go into contracts. How do you, what do you want to do, Dave? I'm fine with it. Uh, I was just thinking maybe just a short blurb on um, on CYAs okay. and, why, and, why, and why contracts limit risk. So here's the thing about wholesaling. We are flipping properties with little to no money, and we're doing it by using control. Right. This isn't landlording course. This isn't fix and flip. This is the three pillars of wholesaling. Mm-hmm. So to understand that a lot of people that are getting into wholesaling, they don't have a lot of money anyway. Otherwise, they would just be buying fix and flips or, you know what I'm saying? They would already be doing this. So the cool thing about contracts is they give us control and we use contracts that are very cited to the buyer um, to reduce as much risk as possible. So when Mike and I go into a deal and we give somebody a contract, 95% of the time, the earnest money is $100. And in the event that Mike and I don't close, and this is the same contract that we use at cashoffercontract.com that we use that we would say, hey, go use ours. It's there, ready to go. It's going to generate it for you. But what it basically says is if we don't close for any reason, the buyer has no recourse against us and all the damages, which basically is loss of time, are going to be fulfilled by us surrendering our earnest money. And again, this is 95% of the time, $100. That's it. So basically what that means is we take our contract and our earnest money to the title company. Once it's signed by both parties, we take our $100, it's check, and we take our contract and we deposit it into an earnest comp- into an escrow company, aka title company, and by and by depositing into an escrow account, that is defined as opening escrow. Okay, in the event that we don't close, all damages of the due consideration 
which would be the earnest money, are surrendered. So that is it. There's, they can't come after you and sue you or anything else by having our CYA clause right. in and, there. And, and that's, that's just one. And so there's many. And part of the thing that I think that Dave is expressing is that by accepting that earnest money, they've agreed to the terms in the contract. Then when they accept that earnest money, they're, they're accepting that further. They're that agreement. That, that was the damages. So then if they were to go further and try to bring civil action against you, they've already accepted that as the damages. They have agreed it's to too late right. to come back later they to try can. to get more. Right. So, again, that is part of the reason why it's important to, again, surrender that earnest money, too. I think it's important. Uh, a lot of people are going to say, hey, why We're would you do that? talking about 100 bucks. Yeah, you, you can put 10 on it. Again, most most sellers don't even think about they it. They don't even know. Yeah, and like, there's okay. been a lot of cases where we will just do $10. Yeah, and oftentimes they'll ask for more, and we'll say, okay. I yeah. mean, again, if we if you know you're going to close on it, you know it's a great deal, you're going to do it. Who right. cares? So let's I'm talk like... real briefly, Mike, about some of the other CYA clauses. I don't want to go too long. Mm-hmm. Um, so these are some CYA clauses to not only protect you legally, which is the first and the major one, right? That's the thing. I want to make sure that we are reducing your risk as much as possible. I essentially reduce my risk to $100. Like I can put a number on it because that's the most that I'm willing to you know, gamble with to be able to do this deal, right? Other CYAs, based on or contingent upon partner's approval. That's probably one of the most widespread ones because your partner can be anybody. You're not labeling. It's not saying it's, 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 it's contingent on Mike Slane's approval. It's saying it's contingent on my partner. So that could be Mike. It could be 100 million other people, which is beautiful. Um, other than that, I would say uh, contingent or not contingent, but... Um, Subject to taxes, title, and value because taxes are going to be easy to find. You're going to want to need to know that to close. Title, same thing. Is it clean? Is it not? And, and why? And how do we fix it? And value, that's all just based on your opinion. So if you don't like the value of this property after you send the contract for any reason, you can either ne- go negotiate it to where you want it to be or you can walk away. Right. And I think that we state it a little bit more specifically to it's subject to buyer's opinion. Opinion. Of- Taxes, title, and value. Mm-hmm. Because then it truly is your opinion of it, not necessarily an appraiser's or uh, right. whatever. So, right. again, it's just there's there's very small, subtle language, which is important. So that's, again, why you can go to the cashoffercontract.com and uh, use that one because right. it, it's working. A few more. Subject to final walkthrough before closing. Mm-hmm. And if something doesn't go your way, then you just don't go to your final walkthrough, right? Boom. You're done. Um Subject to a sewer scope or a roof inspection, right? So all the inspection items you can add in there if you want, or you can just be broad and just say, I want an inspection period of X number of days, which is in our contract. Check it out, um, and it'll generate that for you and send it over. So that's it, guys. That is the second pillar of wholesaling real estate. This is a marketing business. So you are marketing for the opportunity to make the offer. So if you get to the point, or you've spoken to a seller and they have interest in selling, make them a verbal offer. Get in front of them. Make them a written offer if you have it with you. If not, pull out your cell phone. Go to cashoffercontract.com. Get their information. In three minutes or less, you can send, you can generate an offer on the web. Send it to both them and yourself. Offers, offers, offers. Make them. Thanks for listening to the Discount Property Investor Podcast. 
If you enjoyed this episode, please like, share, and subscribe to help us reach a wider audience. To jumpstart your real estate investing career, visit freewholesalecourse.com, the most complete free course on wholesaling real estate ever. We would also appreciate it if you left us a review on iTunes or Stitcher. Thank you in advance for your support. And remember, you make your money when you buy, you get paid when you sell. Now let's go build some wealth.